0: think back of the times where God has done the most, where God has helped me the most, where God has made me the most useful to his kingdom, and those times were often seasons where God was dealing with me, God was challenging me, he was not approving and patting me on the back, but he was correcting and sharpening and abrading and all the times when you when that happens and you say god is this what it's all supposed to be about you know god i don't feel the way i want to feel amen god i'm not doing the things that make me happy that make me seem fulfilled amen and the lord asks you in those times well is this about you or are you all about something far bigger Because if this is about you, then your discouragement makes perfect sense. Amen. And if this is about you, well, then you have reason to be downcast and full of despair. Amen. But if this is about a kingdom, if this is about something else, then you have no right to twist and pervert this and make this all about you. You have no right to become the black hole of self-centeredness that would suck all of the goodness and all the dealings of God into yourself. The Lord is speaking to me this week about one of the most important moments in our life is not when we fail, but it's in how we respond to failure. The Apostle James said, we all stumble in many ways. And then he said, if any man does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man. Able to bridle the tongue. His clear implication is no one is a perfect man. And everybody stumbles, and if in no other way, they stumble in what they say. It's when you stumble, And God brings something into your life. God brings His Word, His standard back into your life. It's in that moment that your real commitment to the Course is tested. It's in that moment that God reveals whether this has become about you, whether you have become the idol of all of His dealings, of all of His blessings, the black hole idol, and you're perverting it all to be about you, or whether you are truly a soldier engaged in warfare and thankful for any revelation of weakness that the enemy might could exploit. You're thankful so you can get rid of it. Amen. You're thankful if the, if the Lord shows you that your, your sword is cracked or, or your helmet has a hole in it. You're thankful you're not defensive You're not discouraged. You're not despairing. You're thankful because you know you're engaged in a war. You know the kingdom is counting on you. Amen. And so you say, yes, God. Thank you. And if that's your attitude, then it'll become your experience that whenever you start to feel like your relationship with God is skimming along on the surface and it's becoming flat, Amen? Then you'll notice that when God deals with you, when God corrects you, and you have the right response to it, whew, immediately it's like your relationship with God becomes real again. It's like you know you have a purpose and you know God is counting on you and you know that's why He's dealing with you. And your response is not mully grubs, but it's Oh, thank you, God. And through tears, you look back up to God and you say, I feel it again. I feel the brokenness, but I also feel the victory in what you're saying to me. Amen? Amen. But if you have slowly allowed self to supplant the image of Christ, the corporate image of Christ, slowly allowed self to wheedle his way back to the front, and lift up the banner of his ambitions, and you've unconsciously started giving all of your strength and making all the effort for that, amen, then you're, you're walking behind you're, 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 your whole faith, your whole sense of self, of purpose, your whole life is caught up in this idol of self. And yes, you're using the things of God. You're using the blessings of God, the gifts of God, the stage, the place of God. But it's really become about self. And when all of your life, your sense of purpose is tied up in self, when God comes along and says, self has a terrible flaw that needs to change right now then with the revelation that self is no good, also comes a revelation that your life is no good, your purpose is no good. Amen? And therefore, oh, you get discouraged. You're disheartened. You're let down. But if instead, you recognize that self is always no good, but that your life and purpose is all defined by how seamlessly and perfectly it unites with an image that is not yours, but that is Christ's and that is corporate. (laughs) Amen. Then when you see God dealing with self, you say, oh yes, Lord, just a little bit more of me that needs to get out of the way so that I can more perfectly be part of that image. Amen. That's my purpose. That's my life. That's my sense of fulfillment. So correction is joy. Amen. It's a, it's a discipline, but you get there where you can feel the joy in it. Amen. Because it's not all about you. I want to read just a couple scriptures if I can. I want to read this in context because we know it so well. But please listen in context. We know the faith chapter, don't we? The heroes of faith. And what shall I say? For time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, of Barak, of Samson, of Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets. Who by faith conquered kingdoms. They were on the battlefield. Who by faith conquered kingdoms. Performed acts of righteousness. Obtained promises. Shut the mouths of lions. Isn't that what you want someone to say about your life? Amen. By faith, they conquered the dominion of darkness, the kingdoms of this world, amen? By faith, they performed righteousness. By faith, they obtained promises. By faith, they shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight, Women received back their dead by resurrection and others were tortured not, ex- not accepting their release so that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others experienced mockings and scourgings, yes, also chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two. First he tells us of all that they did, all the great things by which you know them. But then he tells us of what it cost them. He tells us of all the things that could have caused their discouragement, that could have caused their despair, caused them to lose heart. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, they were put to death with the sword, they went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, men of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground, and all these, having gained approval through faith, did not receive what was promised." Because God provided something better for us, so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him... Endured much of the same that they endured. Endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin. And you have forgotten the exhortation which addresses you as sons. This is all one continuous thought. Heroes of faith perform great things for God, but they did it at a great cost, as did Jesus. And your cost is that you have forgotten the exhortation which addresses you as sons. My son, do not regard lightly. And to the Hebrews, to regard lightly and to despise was the same thing. Do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord nor faint when He reproves you. So they encountered scourgings and they encountered stonings and they encountered all manner... They they were destitute. But sometimes we bear our cross when the Word of God comes and we choose to stand humbly beneath that sword and let it fall right on the place where it hurts. And we do not become discouraged or lose heart. But we understand that this is what God has called us to. And we bear it patiently. You have forgotten the exhortation which addressed you as sons. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by Him. For those whom the Lord loves, He disciplines and He scourges every son whom He receives. Amen. Our flesh, says the Lord, disciplines those He hates and scourges everyone He rejects. Our flesh whispers in our ear. Do you feel God? He's training you like a soldier. He's telling you you're not marching right. He's telling you you're not saluting right. He's telling you you're not charging right. He's telling you you have the wrong ambition and you've made this about yourself. Do you hear Him? He's rejecting you. He doesn't love you. But the truth says the Lord disciplines those He loves and He scourges everyone He receives. The truth says, listen, Do you hear the dealing of God? That means God is still interested in you. That means God still needs you. That that means God is still counting on you and He is wanting you not to disappoint the kingdom. Do what He's saying. Amen. You're still in His army. Amen. It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? Do you see the correlation between these thoughts? There is, no, there is no stop. He didn't put chapter 12 in there. He just went right from the heroes of faith and he told all about those heroes of faith so that he could give you faith to believe in the discipline of God. To believe that there were things that God wanted to change in your life and he didn't want you to be discouraged but he wanted you to welcome it and say this is how I conquer kingdoms this is how I perform righteousness this is how I shut the mouths of lions this is how I quench the fires of the devil amen this is how I become a hero of faith but if you are without discipline of which all have become partakers then you are illegitimate children and not sons at all furthermore we had earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more rather subject, be subje- subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as seemed best to them, but He disciplines us for our good. So He tells us the discipline of the Lord is because He loves us, because He accepts us, and it's for our good. Amen. When God deals with us in a meeting, as we go through the day, when a brother or a sister comes to us, when God shows us something, it is the work of the devil to pervert that discipline into rejection. It's only rejection if you're tied up in the self that God is trying to circumcise from your life. Furthermore, we had earthly fathers. Amen. But God disciplines us for our good so that we may be partakers in His holiness. Amen. Why does God deal with us? Why does God deal with us? Why does God rebuke us? Why does He humble us? Because He wants us to partake of His holiness, of His nature amen. All discipline for a moment seems not to be joyful but sorrowful, yet those who have been trained by it afterwards, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Therefore, strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble. He said, stop getting all weak and saggy on me. Stand up. You're in war. God is dealing with you as a son. Stop feeling like, stop caving in, you weak need." amen. That hanging down look, amen. Therefore strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble and make straight paths for your feet so that the limb which is lame may not be put out of joint but rather healed. Pursue peace with all men and holiness without which no one will see the Lord, amen. Amen. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God. Amen. He wants you to be a partaker of His holiness. He wants you to conquer kingdoms. Amen. He wants you to be a hero of faith. Amen. Amen. But if you if you get all uh, lame and disjointed whenever the Word of God comes. Amen. You don't understand what this is all about. You don't understand what you're all about. Amen. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. You see, Cain, Cain was the first one to get all lame and disjointed when God dealt with him. Amen. Cain was the first one to get that ah, hang dog look. Amen. Cain was the first one to get feeble knees and, and hands that hang down. Amen. Instead of strong legs, And hands that rise up to do God's will. Amen. How did Cain lose his soul? Did Cain lose his soul because he failed? No, Cain lost his soul by his response to failure. Amen. Cain did something that didn't please God. God didn't come right out and say, Cain, I reject you. God didn't even really rebuke him. He just failed to accept him. God just held back that feeling in Cain's heart that I am well-pleasing in the Lord's sight. Do you understand? Cain wanted to feel that. We all want to feel that. That is the favor of the Lord. That is the grace of the Lord. We don't want to come short of that grace from God, do we? Cain came short of the grace of God. See to it that you do not come short of the grace of God. Cain did. Amen. The grace of God was a couple miles further. The grace of God was a couple drops of blood more. The grace of God was a little more heart. And he came short of that acceptable full sacrifice. And so he never got into that place of favor, into that place of blessing, that place where he could hear the Lord saying, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Amen. But he looked over and he saw that Abel was getting just that feeling. And he did not immediately hate Abel. He misdirected his hatred toward Abel, but his real hatred was toward himself and toward God. He went into his house and he started pouting. Amen. He is the first example of someone who does not know how to receive correction. Who does not have the mindset of someone who is engaged in a great cause, but who turns it all to be about them, whether for good or for evil. Whether for praise or for correction. Amen. So he starts pouting. Are you with me? Amen. He starts pouting. And what does the Lord say? The Lord says to Cain, basically... Look, Cain, I didn't do anything to you. This is you. (laughs) This is not me. I didn't come and mess up your life. You just failed to do what would bring the sense of fulfillment and satisfaction that you want. And if you do what is right, if you won't come short of the grace of God, if you'll get all the way there, you'll be accepted. If you do what is right, god is standing there god is waiting there and he has all the acceptance in the world he has that sense of purpose he has that joy of the lord that is your strength to move on from faith to faith and glory to glory he has it for you he has the blessing amen and he's standing there cain here it is but you are about 200 yards that way. You're a 200 yards short of the grace of God. If you'll do what's right, you'll be accepted. He's trying to put this back on Cain. Don't you start getting mad at God? Don't you start hating your commanding officer or the king who owns this army? Amen. If you do what's right, you'll be accepted. Amen. Amen. Amen amen it's almost like God is saying Cain this isn't a big deal if you do what is right will you not be accepted come on Cain you see it's the devil's plan when we fall short when we fail it's his plan to get us grinding and fretting and moaning and despairing over that little failure I mean, honestly, in the big scheme of things, in heaven and hell, not getting acceptance for a pile of vegetables, it's really not that big of a deal. You just learn to do something more than veggies next time. It's not that big of a deal. Look, Cain, if you do what's right, you'll get accepted. And that's how we are, too. We fall short in some small area. We we make a mistake. and And we just feel the absence of God's favor. We feel like... That wasn't it. And instead of saying, okay, God, that wasn't it, but I can do this. We almost respect our failure too much. We give it too much credence and attention. We wallow in it. We fixate on it. We dwell on it. We fret over it. Amen. Because it represents us. And all of our life, all of our sense of being and purpose is tied up in us. And you're saying, I'm no good. That I'm not perfect. I mean, what is there to life, you know, if vegetables can't be accepted on the first (laughs) go-round? Amen. Amen. And then, right there, is the birthplace of a much bigger sin, a sin that will warrant all the despair, all the discouragement that these vegetables certainly did not warrant. Amen. Cain, look, if you do what's right, you'll be accepted. But if you don't, see now, in this attitude, sin is crouching at your door. And its desire is to have you. But you must master it. Amen. You must master the spirit of self-pity that would rob you of your grace. That would pervert the purpose of God and make it all about you whether it's success or it's shortcoming. You must master this. Amen. You must get up and say, God, I feel what you're saying. Amen, and I'm coming with a lamb right now. I'm running toward the finish line. I can do this. This is not a big deal. I can obey God. He has given to me everything I need for life and godliness. The sacrifice is in my hand. The willingness is in my heart. And I am going to keep pressing until I get into the grace of God. Amen. You see how it can honor the devil when we give too much importance and credence to even our own failures? It can honor the devil and give him a foothold in our life. Amen. Isn't that what Esau's problem was as well? Amen. Esau came in and he was tired. Does the Bible dispute the fact that he was tired? He was hungry. Does the Bible tell us he thinks he's hungry, but he's not really hungry? No. He, he was hungry. He had a need. <laughs> he really was weak that day. And honestly, Jacob really was being a jerk and putting some smelly stuff right in the place of his weakness. Amen? That was real. But his problem, his sin... His idolatry that made all of His descendants pagans (laughs) was when He prized that way too much. He made way too much out of His need. We can make way too much out of our failures, out of our needs. Amen. We can make way too much out of our successes. We can make way too much things that we should just say, Okay, God. My vegetables, big deal. I'm moving on to obedience. We can elevate and exaggerate and get all caught up in. Until we're in a vortex of unbelief. And it was all just vegetables. Amen. Amen. If I don't eat that, I will die. Would he really have died? No, he wouldn't have died. But he was making too much of his needs. amen and in so doing he was dishonoring god praise you jesus amen but he says that jesus when he went through his discipline and we know it wasn't discipline for him it was suffering but he compares our discipline our cross our dying to the flesh to jesus's he says he despised its shame he scorned the cross despised its shame he didn't wallow in it. He didn't exaggerate it. He, dis- he scorned it. So whatever our cross is, whatever the places are where God is telling us, you've got to die. You've come short here and you need to die to this. Rather than making that our whole life and being defined by it, why don't we scorn it? Why don't we scorn pottage? Amen. Not make a little idol to it. Why don't we despise vegetables, vegetable sacrifices? Amen. Amen. Why don't we belittle and dismiss and ignore all those little trips and dramas that would make our little failure this big deal? <gasps> that gives us cause to go pout in our house until we pick up a stone and go commit murder. God, I want to know that you're loving me. I want to know that you're accepting me. I want to know that this is for my good. Amen. Praise you, Jesus. I want to know that there is a purpose that is so much bigger than myself, that there is a war that I'm engaged in, amen, and that I'm setting a precedent in my family. I'm setting a precedent in the church for how vegetables ought to be handled. There's something a lot bigger than me out here. Would you please capture my heart and help me make an offering that is befitting your worthiness, God, your glory and your purpose on the earth? Yes, Lord forgetting those things that are behind, I think I'm straining today for what's ahead because I want to lay hold of the grace of God. I don't want to come short of it. Amen, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You're in an army. Amen. The dealings of God are because He loves you, because He accepts you. Don't make a big deal when He corrects you. Don't sit there and look at the empty vegetable platter. Amen. Because all of your future and all your vainglory is wrapped up in your image. Amen. Say, yes, Lord, this is what you called me to. Amen. I want to conquer kingdoms. I want to shut the mouths of lions. I want to perform righteousness. I want to be part of your glory, of your image on the face of the earth. Whom have I in heaven but Thee? Besides thee I desire nothing on earth. My heart and flesh are weak and they fail. And yes, thank you for showing me another one. But I'm forgetting those things that are behind. The nearness of God is my good. I can get into the grace of God. I can get into the acceptance of the Lord. Amen. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise